Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing Page Optimization expert, Tim Ash, is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, loyal listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, I'm... uh, very glad to have my long-lost friend and guest, Amy Africa, on the show. Uh, I think Amy needs no introductions. It's basically, imagine, you know, one of those cataclysmic meteorite strikes that hits the earth and wipes out the dinosaur kind of things. Okay, that's Amy in online marketing. She is like a force to be reckoned with, uh, has done some really crazy stuff to understand consumer behavior online, and just keeps innovating at the forefront of it. Amy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. I am surprised that we're actually connecting. <laughs> well, you're a globetrotter and, uh, and very hard to track down, but I got and you. And you have superpowers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, shh, we weren't going to talk about that. And an invisibility cloak. Well, yeah, but you can't see it under my cape, so it's a good ah. thing. All right. Uh, so, Amy, I know you run several businesses, but among them, you've told me some of the radical consumer research that you've done. I believe you've wired people up to uh, lie detection equipment provided by the Israeli um, you know, secret service and things like that. Tell us some of the techniques you use to get inside of people's heads. I can't confirm nor deny any of that stuff. <laughs> so in usability, we've done, we've actually done some really cool stuff. I mean, I'm sort of phasing out of it because I've I've pretty much seen everything there is to be seen. And I know that sounds arrogant, but it is what it is. You know, after you see a bunch of people looking at stuff online, you know, you they people tend to do the same things all the time. So but we, we track their feet. We've actually, we have uh, mugs and cups in the labs where if you take a sip, we actually are um, computing your hormones. We wire them up like crazy to see what the brain is doing. You know, we have done the lie detection stuff. I mean, it's not really all that accurate. I mean, it's measuring galvanic skin response, but we've done that. We've I'm, I've tried more things that have failed than things that have worked. But no, that's fine. The, I mean, if it's, some so it of seems stuff has been interesting. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, what is what is so basically the the thing that I'm focusing more and more, and I know you're a huge proponent of, is understanding the human mind and body as the basis for how we react to all kinds of inputs, specifically online marketing in our case. So really, what we're talking about is the body doesn't lie. You can't break out in a cold sweat or have stress hormones in your bloodstream. You know, that's the stuff that determines what we're actually going to do, right? And that stuff happens online. So, what are some of these commonalities? That, that you found through all these different methods? How do people experience websites? Well, the thing that I've learned the most and sort of the hardest, because at the beginning when I first started doing, you know, usability stuff, we tracked eyes and did all sorts of stuff that I thought was gospel at the time, and now I realize it's massively inaccurate. But, you know, what I've learned is, is that when people have propensity to buy, they behave a specific way. I mean, I can gauge with 92% accuracy whether or not you're actually going to complete a transaction based on your where your feet are and um, sort of how your hands are poised over the keyboard. That's not very useful because you can't see into anybody's home and sort of mobile is changing some of this stuff. But, you know, one of the things that has been sort of flooring to me is that how little people comprehend and how little that they actually take in of a page 
and you know how important there are like two things that really make a difference one is the visual match if the visuals that they see that are ones that they expect to see you sell the product and that's really tough for a lot of people especially service companies and then the other how do you externalize the representation of your service it's not an object after all right Exactly. So especially with people who are selling consulting and stuff like that. You know, so I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but and then the second thing is the word connects. What people type in, they expect to see. And that's really difficult. So, okay, so what, so what I'm really hearing you is that there's got to be a matching of their intent. If there was an upstream experience, whether it was a visual uh, that they clicked on or, or a headline or a promise of some kind, you better deliver that on whatever page you're going to land them on. Exactly, and it's got to be what their expectations are. How they perceive it, what words they're using, what images they've been primed with, and right? Exactly, and so... You know, the thing that's been interesting to me is that if someone types in T-shirts and you bring them to a site that shows apparel, apparel is not a T-shirt. It doesn't count. It's a different category. It's a different concept altogether. Right. And so it doesn't count to them. And they and the minute they have to start thinking and they have to get into their neocortex, you're basically screwed. So okay, so that's thing- so for, for the you know the kind of for our fans of uh, neuromarketing, neocortex is the big modern part of your brain, the one that's slow and ponderous and does the logical thinking. Absolutely, the thinking brain. So once they get in there, you you lose them. And you can keep the sort of the experience in the reptilian brain, the old brain, the you know the arbiter of decisions. You can make a sale or get an inquiry or convert whatever you need to convert. If they start thinking about it, then all sorts of stuff comes into play. And, and, the, and it, the uh, it's, it's kind of like sounds like a lawyer in a little bit where they say, you know, never ask a question you don't already know the answer to. So it's the same thing. It's like once it goes into your logical mind, you don't you lose control of what they're going to ruminate about. Right. No, that's a great point. And that's ex- it's exactly true. I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, the past three years, we've really learned how to manipulate people when they're sort of when they've gotten into that thinking brain category with, you know, tools like anchoring and, you know, framing context, things like that. Exactly. But it, I mean, frankly, if you can keep them away from there, you're going to be a lot better off. And, you know, the thing is, is that the old brain, which is the one that does make the decisions, even though we want to think that it doesn't, is very easy to control. You know, it likes contrast. It likes, you know, it it understands black and white. It's not so good with the pink and grays. So, you know, there's just, it understands the yes and no. It understands, like right now we're doing... Big and small, like extreme obvious things. So making it obvious, right? Exactly. I mean, and people, I think people are really sort of unclear as to how the brain works. I mean, we're doing this really cool thing where we're trying to see how many no's that we can get people to answer to influence getting a yes mm-hmm. in lead generation. And the more no's that we get before we get the yes. So we're trying to find that level of balance and it's been really fun, but it's amazing how many times you can actually deny something and then accept it. <laughs> the big lie. Well, the, the communists in the Soviet union where I was born certainly knew how to do that <laughs> to say it <laughs> enough times. And then people say, yes, um, <laughs> Okay, I'm not bitter. It's a good thing. Uh, no, we're all friends now. 
Cold War's over. Okay, uh, so but just to, to pick up on this notion of uh, keeping you in your kind of hot cognition as opposed to your cold, deliberate cognition, what are some techniques for just keeping things at the subconscious level and having the actual decisions get made there? We only have a couple of minutes before the break, but I want to get your first thoughts on it. Well, I think that in a lot of cases, it's um, really clear action directives and telling people exactly what to do running them up against a deadline, even if you don't have an offer. Deadlines create urgency and they cause people to focus and they really work and people don't use enough of them. Making sure that you use each view correctly. I mean, I see it on e-commerce sites. I see it on lead gen sites. They, they'll be top heavy. They'll have the buttons on the top or the buttons on the bottom, but they won't, you know, people see things one screen at a time and you've really got to play your screens. And okay, okay, so tell us more. Like, uh, after, I think we'll come back after the break and we'll discuss this notion of, of individual screen views, especially in longer pages. Uh, we'll be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics. So you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and I'm having a, a fantastic conversation with my guest, Amy Africa. Amy, we were talking about this notion of screenfuls. So um, when you have a page that's longer than one screen and you're designing a page like that for conversion, what are some important guidelines to keep in mind? To make sure you ask for whatever it is that you're doing or the, whatever it is that you want, an inquiry, an order, a quote, a download a pod, you know, you know, sign up for a podcast, download a white paper, whatever. 
on every view that you see. So that okay, the so person the view is what we're talking about, whatever the screen size is, whether it's your smartphone, your tablet, or basically it's the page, the portion of the page that you're seeing. Right. I mean, mobile is a really perfect example. I mean, the thing that blows me away on mobile is, first of all, that people don't split their mobile traffic into tablets and phones. I mean, that's a huge mistake. And then the second thing, I mean, people, we do it, we group them together so the numbers look better, but it's, it's a colossal mistake. And then the second thing is, is that if you're on a phone and you're selling someone on a phone, then, you know, get them to your call center if you can. It, you know, the easiest thing, it's if people will say, oh, we're going to improve our checkout, we're going to improve our lead forms, we're going to, well, until then, until you figure it all out, get them on the phone if you can handle it. Take the leads on the phone. All they have to do is push a button that says call, you know, 1-800-blah-blah-blah and get them to, to make that phone call. I think in okay, a lot well, of cases, Okay, well, well, one of the things is that you mentioned is, okay, screen size and function really matters. I mean, how and when we use phones and tablets versus desktops or laptops is very different. Uh, but also, you're also saying have an appropriate call to action for the device. If I'm holding a phone and looking at it, click to call is probably about the most appropriate action there is. Absolutely, and people don't do it. You know, they'll they'll put they'll bury the phone number at the very bottom of the page on a mobile, you know, on a mobile site or whatever. I mean, I think in the big scheme of things, you should take the order inquiry wherever you can get it. And people just don't seem to be good at that. Yeah. So I had a mentor once that told me people buy the way they buy, not the way you sell. So if whatever response mechanism they prefer, make it easy. So would you recommend, for example, as a tactical move, uh, pinning that call to action to the top of the screen? You know, and you know, talk to us now as a button that they, that that'll never scroll off in the first place on a mobile I'm device. I'm a bigger fan of having it to be organic, but if you can't pinning is is definitely a second choice. And when you say organic, so do you mean just kind of in the flow of the page? Yeah, in the flow, because, you know, if you're always having it at the top, it's not a bad thing, but sometimes there's places where a call to action is really necessary for the flow. And if you have it on the top and then you don't put it in the middle because you don't want to use, you know, an inch of your four-inch real estate, then it becomes, you know, more of an issue. Okay, and also the disadvantage of pinning is, of course, you're permanently taking away that real estate. So if you do have to scroll the page, you're not seeing as big of a screenful at any given time. Exactly, and people do the same thing on, you know, the traditional, you know, desktop sites. I mean, they design screens and they, you know, they show the cart once at the very top or, they, you know, ask for the lead once in the navigation. I mean, it's, it's just not enough. If you want something, you've got to go after it pretty aggressively. Well, so uh, basically what I hear you saying is use a belt and suspenders approach. I always tell people that the last thing, the, the only reason they would use your top of the page navigation or your search bar in most cases is because there was a failure of the page body and it didn't carry the water. Yeah, that's a very good analogy. I like that. Yeah, so I think you, so you're basically saying yes, have your you know cart in the very top right corner, little link. But if you say add the cart or buy it now, those should be sprinkled throughout the page so that you on a long page see that call to action in the body of the page, no matter where you are. Right, and you always tell people that their baby's ugly. And I, <laughs> Once or twice, I tell people that people are just not that smart. <laughs> I mean, the big the big thing is is that if you want something, you know, go after it pretty aggressively and get people to raise their hand. I think adoption is very underrated in the conversion optimization part of the world. What? what sorry, what was that? What's underrated? 
I, th I think adoption, I think people don't talk enough about adoption. They talk about the end game, the conversion, you know, where they, you know, oh, where we want this conversion or we're going to improve our conversion. But the reality is, is that if you're going to dramatically improve any of your bottom line numbers, you have to get more people at the top of the funnel. So you either can increase traffic or you can increase adoption, get people to raise their hand, mm -hmm, you know, just mm -hmm. because they're not necessarily filling out your lead form. It doesn't mean that you can't, you know, get some sort of indicator of interest. Okay, so so this is again, boy, it seems like we were separated at birth here. One of the things I often talk about is what I call greedy marketer syndrome, how we're trying to squeeze the bottom of the funnel and get those complete lead forms or sales to come out. And what we're forgetting is that there's a bunch of people, the most of the people, think about a funnel, it's wider on top, that are at the top of the funnel and, and not having some kind of calls to action or micro conversions to slide them down funnel is one of the biggest oversights that we see, especially with big ticket complex sales. Yeah, I mean, you just want to see, you know, if someone will raise their hand. And, and that could be a click on a navigation, for example, right? That could be just getting closer to the conversion goal. It doesn't mean completing it that on that screen. Right. I mean, if you're, it's also, you know, how many pages you look at, the number, how much time you spend per page, whether or not you put something in your basket, whether or not you click to fill out a lead form. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's e-commerce or lead gen. I mean, people take they take steps to prove whether or not they're interested. I mean, if you're searching on an e-commerce site, you have, you know, you're in the top three propensity to buy for e-commerce sites. So, you know, that's it. That's basically an indicator of interest. That's the girl in the bar who might give you her number. So, I mean, I think <laughs> that, I think in a lot of cases, I think if you start looking for those, you know, those teeny things, you know, They'll, they'll really speak to you, and then you figure out what's wrong with your site. You know, okay, so, so I hear you saying you'd have to repeat the call to action because no one's paying attention. For one thing, I mean, they're 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 slow. I mean, sorry, they're slow in the uh, in the mental sense. They're they're <laughs> stupid. They're not paying attention, and they don't care. Right. But you want it when you want it, right? Yeah, so. but but as soon as they want it, it's got to be visible and in their visual field so they can react to it. And again, even creating a little psychological momentum with micro conversions, just acting and moving them off of their comfortable spot, even if it's a little nudge, creates momentum for the larger conversions you want to happen later. Is that a good summary? It's perfect. I mean, you know, the thing is, is that I've spent a ton of money. I've wasted a ton of money doing things that are stupid in conversion. Like, you know, we spend a lot of time and a lot of money on eye tracking. Well, the reality is, is that eye tracking is super sexy to a lot of people. And if you go and do a, you know, a speech on it at a conference, you, you know, you'll walk away with tons of leads and lots of people who will actually convert. The reality is, is the eye tracks to what's there. So if you don't have something there, the eye doesn't track to it. And so it's, you know, part of it is really sort of an unstable philosophy, and the reality is, is that if you have even the, I mean, some of the ugliest sites, and I've proven this with a lot of our sites, but some of the ugliest sites have absolutely high conversion levels, you know, the highest conversion levels, because they ask for the same thing over and over. And so the minute that you are ready, you know, the nanosecond you're ready to, you know, to convert or to, to start the process or sign up for a trial or whatever, you're the, you know, the company is in their face saying, okay, we're ready for your business. And, you know, I think a lot of the sites these days are really over-optimized, you know, we're changing, we're going to change, 
and we're going to try reflex blue versus this color blue. I mean, really? This is not yeah. going to... Well, well, there's that famous story of, I think, the creative director at Google who quit because they were actually testing the RGB value of the blue on their buttons just because they could and they had the mother of all data rates, right? I mean, that's, that's when it becomes trivial. That's the set of bar bets. Right, and I mean, it, I mean, the big things like testing the offer or testing the deadline or, I mean, you know, I think some of that stuff is really just missed. And, you know, the words, especially if you're in lead gen, the words on the button make a huge difference. The size of the button can make a difference. The number of buttons that you have. But yeah, I mean, whether you repeat them, again, you know, so it's like how obvious you make them and whether you hit them over the head with it, uh, you know, it may seem like overkill, but that's, that's the point is for someone with, with the attention span of a lit match, <laughs> being, being visually salient is important because, like you say, when they're ready, they'll be ready and only then and only for that split second. Well, a 30-day trial performs very differently than, you know, 30-day money-back guarantee. I mean, those things can be dramatic. Yeah, so a lot. Of, so, so let's explore the the kind of the offer, and uh, after we come back from this break, and uh, I want to explore another uh, very unusual aspect of a very unusual guest we have with us, uh, Amy Africa. Many of you may not know is the holder of three, yes, count them, three death certificates. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Ash, with LPO, Landing Page Optimization. My guest is Amy Africa, and uh, she has been clinically dead three times. What up, Frankenstein? <laughs> How do you do that? How do you keep coming back to life? Or why? Or do you have six more lives left? I don't even know what question to ask you. Tell us. Well, I don't know. I mean, I might have to, you know, tell you off the air, but (laughs) 
some of these things are, are really mysterious, especially from the, you know, kind of the work that we're doing now with, with seeing how we can uh, really work the neuroplasticity angle of getting someone to purchase. So what are you saying? You know, if you have a good enough offer, uh, some smelling salts and a space heater, you can bring someone back to life and have them act on it? You, you can. You need a little bit of, you know, you need a glass of water and you need a little bit of electricity. Okay. Which you, you can hack your iPhone these days, so that could work too. <laughs> Oh boy! And you know what? I bet you've actually tried that. Just not uh, not where the FDA regulates this kind of stuff. Okay. So on that note, no, no, Amy. So um, you know, we were talking about the offer. So a lot of times, it, yeah, it's pardon me. It's just the deck chairs on the Titanic. It's how to present what we have. But I hear you saying that a lot of times the actual offer, the business model, is where you should be innovating. Tell us more about 30-day trials versus money-back guarantees. Are there any general conclusions you've been able to draw about, or at least fruitful veins to mine? No, I mean, I think that the free trial angle, especially, you know, right now is pretty big. But the reality is, is that, you know, what I'm seeing in a lot of cases, and, you know, we don't want to run down one rabbit hole too much, but with with some of these, you know, some of the as software as a service becomes more, you know, a bigger thing and the whole collaborative economy becomes a bigger thing and sort of everything is rent to own or, you know, Uber versus a taxi kind of life. The uh, what what you can get people to commit to is very different. And so, you know, what you get them to commit to also then sort of tells what the outcome is. And so, you know, and where you are, where you're asking for the credit card and where you're not. And, you know, I mean, there's all sorts of things, as you know, I mean, you're really good at this. So you already know all this stuff. But the reality is, is that there's just so many different ways you can skin the cat and you got to try all of them to see what one works best for you. Yeah. But a lot of times that requires the support from a practical standpoint. If you're going to test, you know, trials versus guarantees and whether you get their credit card and payment up front versus just pre-charging it, whatever, uh, or no credit card required, that's going to require kind of IT support. So where this, we often run into the buzzsaw is like, oh yeah, we can't change the business model because that's going to require a bunch of backend software and procedural changes for our people. What do you say to that? There's just so many packages right now where you can, you know, do hack jobs at at figuring out what works and what doesn't. And, you know, the other thing is, is that email is a really valid testing ground and I don't think people use it enough. So, you know, if you say, okay, well, we can't do it on the site, well, it doesn't mean you can't split test the email and see which one has more adoption, which one has more click-throughs, even if you can't support it. You know, I mean, that's the thing is, is that you can always find a way to fix stuff if you have the will. And okay, you know, so, so you know, like in the old newspaper days, what they used to do is you, you'd run a test off or some little ad in the newspaper without any intention of having or even producing the product. So, it's a, you're, you're advocating the same things like, oops, sorry, yeah, we really can't deliver on that, but at least we know that's how people want it. Yeah, I mean, I don't need FTC in my face again, but that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, the reality is that you can test a lot through emails. You can te- test a lot on sites. You can test a lot on Google PPC. You can test a lot of stuff and see where people are raising their hand, where they're starting, where they're stopping, and then figure out what it is that you want to do with it. I mean, I think that in a lot of cases that that especially with, you know, with some of the testing that's going on now is that people want to go to the, you know, the perfect level, it's just not going to happen. No matter how much you try, you are not going to get, 
90%, 100% of a perfection, you know, a perfection in terms of a test. It's not. Yeah, we're not, we're not building the Taj Mahal. We're trying to make more money. So what you really need most of the time are just directional indicators that something is better than something else. Do you need to academically quantify how much better? Maybe not even that. Well, and I'm a big fan of, of home runs instead of these base hits. And I know that that in a lot of cases is against, you know, sort of what a lot of conversion folks recommend. But, you know, the big swings are the ones that make you a lot of money. And Not this one. I mean, we've seen a lot of companies redesign websites and their whole business models, and that's much more uh, decisive and, and uh, impactful than all this, you know, tactical uh, testing. I mean, that has its place, but that shouldn't mean you put your business model or your back-end process or your marketing automation platform on hold because you're too busy testing. Well, and I think what happens is that people get really caught up in their knickers on some of this stuff, and then they just don't make the right decisions. You know, it's yep. sort of like with merchandise. If you if you care about a typo on a product that has one page view a year, you should be fired anyway. <laughs> good, good point. Uh, so it's a great is good for the greatest number. I think that's a great uh, place for us to, to kind of wind things down, the Pareto principle. I'm sure you'll agree with that. Um, Amy, if uh, people want to hear you speak or reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Uh, info at amyafrica.com. It's a good, it's a good way. And you can, um, you can go to amyafrica.com. And um, sort of, I'm not doing a ton of speaking anymore, although we ne- definitely need to do a SmackDown, Tim. Oh, we, I, we agree I'm game. On a lot of stuff. Showdown at high noon. I'm game. I'm, I'm I, I know it. we agree on a lot, a lot of stuff, but I think we would give the audience sort of a, you know, a fun ride. Okay, well, well, we'll definitely talk about that. Unfortunately, folks, we're out of time. If you, like me, have just had your brain splattered all over the wall by the brilliance of Amy Africa, and you want to hear speakers like her, who's a past keynote at the Conversion Conference, next May is our biggest and best standalone Las Vegas, May 13th and 14th. Sorry, yeah, May 13th and 14th. Uh, at the Rio. Don't miss it. Check out conversionconference.com and book early for the early bird rate. Amy, I really want to thank you for being on the show and uh, I hope we can have you back again as soon as possible. Anytime. It was my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.